0: Boom, what is up? Welcome back to another episode of the Draft Duo podcast with myself, Nolsey, and my co-host, Jaxi. Hope you're all keeping well and got the W in the draft this week. Jaxi, if you saw on Twitter, got a massive score of 81. Here's him with a little roundup of what happened this week. This week, we saw eight Nuri
1: make the Draft Duo team of the season after all the hype we gave him. I will be Magic, and Arsenal with all gunners blazing. And lastly, Put a and
0: dunk on it. <laughs> <laughs> this week is massive in the draft. Or the next... Well, I suppose this week's waivers. And um, we're recording this on Wednesday the 28th. 28th? So there, yeah. There it is. Leap year tomorrow. Hopefully it's lucky. We have FA Cup fixtures tonight. So, what we say tonight will be heavily influenced by some of the results. We have some permutations of what you can do based on the results tonight. But again team sheets injuries and results tonight will have a massive difference on the fixtures in 29 and beyond so just very briefly before we get started on our questions the teams that are definitely blanking in Game week 29 are confirmed as brighton and city they play each other palace and newcastle the other teams that are playing that could blank so if any of these teams lose they will play in 29 if Chelsea lose to Leeds, they'll play Arsenal. If Liverpool lose to Southampton, they'll play Everton. If United lose to Forest, they'll play Sheffield. And if Wolves lose to Brighton, they'll play Bournemouth. Uh, it, that Forest and United game is very important because depending on who wins or who loses, they have a fixture. So if Forest lose, they'll play Luton. So I know a lot to take in there, but the kind of key ones that we'll be looking at are Luton, Bournemouth and probably United, Luton and Bournemouth more so because they have doubles in 28 and they're going to be hot topics on this week's questions. So we'll get into some of the players that are going to be valuable for 28 and 29, but we'll start with our questions and as always follow on to our waiver section. Super, so the questions are split now between
1: defender, midfielder and forward questions. So starting us off, Nolsey, is Pedro Porro,
0: is he a hold? I think Pedro Paro is definitely a hold. So I think the injury is like a couple more weeks. Um, Even if it was the guts of three or four weeks. I think because they have a game week 29. And there's a possibility that he could be back. And we've seen what he did. As a nice consistent player prior to his injury. I think he's worth a hold. Um, we We did a piece on Pedro Paro. Actually to why he was overvalued. Just before he got injured. Because he hadn't scored over eight points. But I still think... Because of the value, I hadn't scored over eight points and this he, season at all, and he wasn't picking up his highest positions as he used to. Something like that. His stats yeah. weren't lining up with his value, anyways. Um, but the possibility of him playing in twenty nine against Fulham, I think you hold for at least another week or two. And you know, if he doesn't look like returning from that injury, we'll then maybe look to get rid of him because he plays Fulham in twenty nine. He could be very valuable depending on what happens tonight.
1: Next question: Start at Nori and Reguilon ahead of Moreno. So essentially, 8 nori 3 Moreno.
0: Who are you starting two out of the three? We had this discussion beforehand about the possible curse of the Villa left-backs because we are banned from recommending Lucas Digne, but, yeah. <clears throat> but he is a question today. Um, Moreno, I think three weeks ago we said that there's a good trade on the line if if, if you have Moreno. And since then, he's got one, one, minus one. Yeah, so Moreno is on the chopping block, and I know this is that's the the per, the person's problem. Villa play Luton this weekend, so he looks like like oh perfect I have a six pointer here. But I think he got fifty eight minutes, was it? Fifty eight, yeah, whipped just before the sixty minute mark, and he obviously uh, conceded two goals, yellow card, and um, so he got a minus one last week. I think we'll tie this question in with the other question, what to do with Lucas Digne. That's great, yeah, that's perfect. Um, So I personally think that Lucas Digne might be in with a a shout for a start this week. So this is D-Day for Moreno slash Digne. This is kind of the first time we've seen them both uh, kind of fully fit, ready to go. Um, I think just because of Moreno's recent performances, Lucas Digne has a very good chance at start this weekend. I couldn't tell you, if I had to put money on it, I'd probably say Lucas Digny will get the start. But Lucas Digny, as you said, is the biggest trap in FPL. They play Luton. There's going Lucas Digny is going to find some way to not get a clean sheet this yeah, week. Or a yellow card. Yeah, well, he's going to find a way to get a yellow yeah. card. Um, so what I'd do with Lucas Digny, if I had him, I'd probably keep him this week, give him a start. They play Luton, as we said, and then they play Spurs, and they don't blank in 29. So I'd be hoping that if you're a Lucas Digne owner, you're actually feeling hopeful by Moreno's recent scores and that you might have someone for 29. Uh, I wouldn't be investing in either of these players. I think it's a toss-up. If you have Lucas Digne, I think you keep him and see does he get the start. I think if you have Moreno... I th- I think the question was Aitnori Regolon, and Moreno. Yeah. And and just because he's been repaying us or he repaid us last week with a assist, three bonus and a clean sheet, I'm going to give Aitnori the start against Newcastle. He was picking up some relatively high positions. It's not like, you know, he's going to be the most attacking left back. Um, he give a great ball in, uh, but it was poor defending by Sheffield. But I just think that. You might get starry eyed with the Luton fixture if you're a Moreno owner. I could be totally wrong. Could yeah. get a clean sheet in return, but I just think that there's also a very high possibility that Moreno gets a one pointer this week. And then Regulon, what's your two cents on him? Uh, Regulon whipped yellow card, another very disappointing performance. Uh, Brentford don't look great at the back. Ben Mee and Ethan Pinnock injured. So I just go with my our solid boy. Yeah. Uh, Newcastle they are play also. Chelsea. Brenton yeah, play Chelsea yeah. at home this weekend. So Newcastle are also very poor at the back. Therefore, um, as I said, he's not the most attacking. He's picks up some very good positions, um, but Newcastle are, you know, they're they're susceptible to some goals. So hopefully, Inori can do the exact same thing he did last week and maybe get vice captain in the team <laughs> here. Super. Uh, last defender question: Stoopin' what to do? And I think a kind of fits into the same sort of scenario. Personally, for me, Istoupanan, one more week. I know a lot of people will be fed up with him by now, but as we will talk about in the midfielder questions, um, Brighton have a lot of injuries, and there's a possibility that Istoupanan might start this weekend just because of that, them injuries. Now, if he doesn't, game over. They play Fulham, then they play Forest, followed by City, Liverpool, Brentford and Arsenal. So I think, at best, Istoupanan is a one-week punt to see does he start. Uh, I the reason I say that is because we talked about this with the risk to reward last week and the week before, I think. What we mean by that is that, well, if a stupid hand does start against Fulham, he has a high chance of returning and you might get the forest fixture out of him. The reason I say that he he doesn't have crazy trade value is because, well, he's not starting. Uh, he mightn't start against Fulham and then he has that tough run of fixtures. So I think maybe keep him this week. And if he doesn't start against Fulham, like he's for the bin. He's for yeah. a waiver of material. And it's just, you have to cut your losses and just accept it. Because if he doesn't play against Fulham and
1: then he does start against Forest, look, you get him for one game week because then he goes into the tough run of fixtures of City,
0: Liverpool, Brentford, Arsenal. And I think if you drop him for Fulham, if he doesn't start for Fulham, you drop him. And if he does start against Fulham, you just have to accept the fact that, well, that's the case. Because you can't, based on information, not starting against Fulham when there's a lot of injuries and you're not going to start him against Forrest. So what do you do? If he doesn't start against Fulham, he's he's worthless, really. Yeah. Super. Now, on to the
1: midfielder uh, questions. So these follow the suit of who'd you pick? This player or this player, This player, generally. First one, is Diaby a drop? So this is a question. I
0: think we've got this question nearly three or four weeks in a row. Yeah. And the, the answer remains the same. Yes, he's a drop. Especially after Leon Bailey's performance. I think Bailey is now undroppable. Yeah. Now, I could eat my words there, but I think, you know, as a Diaby owner, you can't justify keeping him, because Villa are playing very well attackingly, and, if that's a word, and yeah. uh, and Bailey, who's in direct competition with him, is playing phenomenal as well, so I think he got one minute, as far as him aware, one minute last week, it's it's an easy drop for me. At the start of the season, everyone was talking about Diaby. Oh, he was, he was talked about in the waivers a good bit, because he was relatively new and stuff but now unfortunately looked very exciting as well when he was playing 100% I think we find that a lot of the time in the waivers when we have a player that has been good and you know is a good player it's like will I keep him one more week will I keep him one more week and sometimes you have to cut your losses slightly early others you might give the one more week to but I think to Abbey definitely cut the losses get rid Uh, next question Paqueta or Tavernier
1: tough one I suppose, yeah, because uh, Tavernier, Bournemouth have the double possibility of the 29 as opposed to Paquetta, who's nailed for the 29. What's your thoughts? What's your thoughts? What are you saying? Personally, i would be looking at Paquetta
0: uh, just back. I can't remember a quote that Moisey said. He said that uh, some will say that Bowen was the match winner, but I think Paquetta was one of the match winners as well. So that kind of highlights the fact that... The importance of Paquetta and how good he is, like... How highly Moyes rates him as well. And I know we were talking about FPL picks here as well. Like, yeah, Paqueta, obviously, he's talking about a match winner in terms of possession. But just the fact that Paqueta's back in the team, you could see the difference in West Ham. They could hold possession. They were way more confident in on the ball. So, therefore, they could create more chances. So, like, yeah, he mightn't be, like, a bone, right? But the fact that he's so good in possession... Gives West Ham more possession and more opportunities, therefore increases his chance. Yeah, I'd love to see the stats of passes inside the opposition's
1: half in that game the last day compared to when Piquetto wasn't there. Correct. Because yeah. every time I was watching West Ham in the past couple of weeks, you just felt like they were defending for yeah the long minutes. balls. The, yeah. they,
0: they had no one to actually control the just game. Up to bone on his own or Antonio coming off the bench. There. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Tavernier, on the other hand. Um, Tavernier, might, as you said, might play in 29, definitely plays in 28. I've been hoarding Tavernier for the last couple of weeks and he's just been disappointed. So I'm hoping that he returns in 28, the double. If not, it's been one of these ones where you've been kind of like in normal FPL where people have been planning for double game weeks, like in 25 or 25, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and it just doesn't come to fruition. So Tavernier, I hope, will return in 28. But the thing is, with this question, Paqueta or Tavernier, I think Paqueta, you could be happy enough to have in your team long term. I know he's not the most exciting, but he's going to be a good ticker and he's going to hold good value after 29. And, as you said, plays guaranteed 29, possibly on penalties. Now will he be on penalties? It's a toss-up. I think, I don't know. Bone the way he you know he wants to get his tally up as well he does yeah. uh, Paqueta was on them so I don't know we have to kind of go with the, who took them previously yeah um, so yeah I think steady Eddie long term Paqueta if you really want 28 and I suppose one way you could look at it is if you really want to attack the short term fixtures and Bournemouth do play 29 you're well justified to go with Tavernier. but I just think um a more of a consistent player in a hopefully a better side uh, especially with a couple of injuries for Bournemouth Paquetta could be the better option
1: yeah next question is another one on tavernier uh so tavernier for the double game week so the double game week of 28 or john mcginn uh as he
0: plays in 29 And i think this is kind of similar i think if tavernier plays in 29 you go tavernier because you get an extra fixture now mcginn i looked at the players that are around mcginn i again he's more points than Bruno Fernandes more points than Pickford who's the highest scoring keeper McGinn is going to be a nice ticker um, but I think again if you want to attack fixtures and hopefully Tavernier does do something in that double uh, I think you kind of have to take the risk and, and get the get them fixtures up get the increase, increased number of fixtures up and go with yeah. Tavernier if Bournemouth don't play 29 stick with McGinn yeah super last question now on Bournemouth this is probably going to
1: be the title of the podcast yeah um, Bournemouth players worth picking up for Game Week 29
0: question mark we will probably delve into that in more detail in the waivers because obviously they're going to be hot on our list yeah okay Hudson Adoy or Morgan Gibbs White who'd you pick go back to last week's podcast Nolesy said Hudson Adoy oh sorry oh, <laughs> Morgan Gibbs White Gibbs White I just said I don't know why but I like Morgan Gibbs White because he's on set pieces and it was a chip that he scored. I just like Morgan Gibbs-White. And was it a chip that he scored off Origi's? Oh, Origi's, R- Origi's. Origi's slip pass. So if you haven't seen that goal, check out Divock Origi's pass to Morgan Gibbs-White. It was a lovely goal between the two of them. Yeah. Um, I just think Morgan Gibbs-White, because he could be on penalties as well. Um, If a is injured, I presume Morgan Gibbs-White's going to be on penalties. He could be on penalties anyways. And he's on corners. I know Hudson-Odoi great player as we said they attack the wings but now i can safely say morgan gives white just because he returned last week but yeah. i just i just find even though sometimes he plays deeper and has played deeper um i just think players that are more likely going to be involved in goals especially from corners uh, penalties you just kind of have to naturally pick them over a winger that's not on corners or not on penalties
1: yeah i think i think he's a more well-rounded player and he's going to have more opportunities to pick up points um, it's a and, close one, though.
0: Yeah, it is. It's not as easy as we're saying. Uh, I think Hudson Odoi is still a gr- good, good player. Like yeah.
1: since Nuno has taken over, I mentioned it last week. They are playing very counter-attacking football. Yeah, suit Prima-
0: primarily on the wings where Hudson Odoi can exploit the, the space. But I just think, yeah, I'd be more confident in holding Morgan gives white long term on my team because even against bad teams, you never know he could return. Yeah, sweet. Next question. Kai Havertz in for Bernardo Silva. Yes. I think we've ignored him. We've overlooked him. I know we said last week's podcast, uh, depending on injuries and stuff like that, and the injuries were there, so Havertz was still an option. He's got a goal and assist in his last two games. So he's, he's hauled in his last two games. And I think the best thing about Havertz is his positioning. He played, as I said previously, in between the number nine and winger, But last week he actually played predominantly up top. Trossard didn't start. So Trossard still is a good option. Because um, Jorginho came off with an injury. and So Havertz possibly might start up top. Trossard might start up top. And Havertz might take in that space where he leaves when he drops deeper. So in general, yes Havertz is a great pick. Because Arsenal are scoring goals for fun. Bernardo, yes he's a good pick. And yeah, he's playing with one of the best teams But there's always going to be a rotation And I know it doesn't make too much of a difference for City Because they could, could go out and absolutely trash United tonight Or the weekend, sorry But they have some tougher run fixtures They have the likes of Liverpool and so on and so forth in there So I think just going on form and mainly position I'd go Havertz yeah. over Bernardo I think, I think we overlooked Havertz a lot this season
1: Just because of his form from last season I think we just had a bias against him that, oh, he's
0: like not the player, not worth the money. I think I think you said that earlier on the year. I think you said that exact thing that we've overlooked him um, previously and haven't given him the respect. I'm nearly yeah. sure you said that exact thing. Um, but yeah, now he's getting in the positions and Arsenal are scoring for fun. It's kind of a no-brainer.
1: Yeah, 100%. Next question includes another Arsenal asset and a City asset. So, Trossard... Is Trossard or Doku a drop for Ansu
0: I would say no. Um, and I suppose this is the opportunity we can take to talk about the Brighton boys. Evan Ferguson has a slight knock. Welbeck picked up a knock. Um, we have Milner who's injured. Joe Pedro is injured. So there's a serious amount of attacking injuries. Hinchelwood. Hinchelwood's uh, uh, Veltman came off. So... In CISO and Fatty came on the last day, right? So, let's say, as you... Oh, and um, thing is got a red card, so he won't be playing. Um, thingy, give me give me Billmore, <laughs> <laughs> Billy Kilmore got a red card. So, this is what I'm talking about with the Astupinan thing as well. Next week for Brighton, we are more than likely going to see Fatty, the likes of Fatty or In CISO start. We're probably going to see, depending on Ferguson, the Both of them start. I predict that the top four, if Ferguson and Welbeck don't recover, um, the f- top four to be... And Matomas, sorry, Matomas injured for the yeah. season. Massive one. So they have less competition. Fatty is a decent option. I just don't think in terms of value in co- compared to Doku, with who, Grealish, Grealish injured. injured, and Trossard with him playing as a number nine against Sheffield this weekend, it'll be just hard to get rid of him. Now, Fatty and Nsiso as picks themselves. I think possibly both of them get the start this weekend. Um, and then we have, obviously, Buenanante and we have Adingra. One of them could even play more advanced if the likes of Welbeck and Joao Pedro are still injured. As we said, uh, Billy Gilmore's injured. So that might suspended. actually... Suspended. Suspended, sorry. That actually might uh, open the door for a Stupinan to play and maybe one of them even drop deeper, one of the midfielders like Beninante or something like that, and a stupid and even play left wing or higher up the pitch. I'm just talking about possible permutations where the likes of Fatty and Nciso get in. The reason I wouldn't pick up Fatty for those two is because I don't know when the likes of even Welbeck and Ferguson come back. I presume they're gonna start up top as strikers if Nciso, Nciso or Ansu Fatty are gonna be preferred. Which one of them? If I had to rank my Brighton midfielders, obviously Pascal Gross number one by a mile. Adingra number two, now looks nailed down with all the injuries. But Anante is the next most nailed. I'm not saying he's the most exciting or more exciting than Fatty or Nciso. Nciso's come back from a really long injury. Um, and Anzu Fatih is also extremely injury prone. So I think if I had to take it at face value as if none of them are getting injured, is extremely exciting. Ansu is very, very injury prone, so I'd nearly have to put Ansu Fati, <laughs> I know I'm going to regret this down the bottom, just based on injury proneness and and his form prior to um, prior to his injury. In so, Ciso's form, um, Fatty's form. And right. Ciso was serious form before his injury. Uh, he, I don't think he. Yeah, he only played the first couple of games this season, but the end of last season. End the last se- season, I'm yeah. thinking of end of last season in Seesaw, I picked him up at the start of this year in the draft because I was like this fella is going to be quality this year and then picked up that long term injury so yeah to finish up I don't think I would pick Trossard, or sorry, Fatty over Trossard or Doku just because I don't know which of those in CISO or Fatty is going to nail down a position long term and Trossard and Doku because of injuries in their respective teams have high upside nice one
1: Last of the midfielder questions, and then we have one more forward question. So this is a trade dilemma. So Salah plus Deke Rice for Saka and Neto. What are you saying? (sighs) Salah's injury. Do we have an update on that? On the way. On the way. Well, if if not, looking at it face value, we had a discussion beforehand as well.
0: Saka, do you said he's
1: five goals in seven games? No, five
0: goals in a row. Five goals. First in time a row. in the last nine years. Neto
1: back playing consistently now. We've seen at the start of the season how like attacking he can get. Wolves playing very well. Declan Rice, although he is on set pieces, um whipping him in for the likes of Gabriel and Saliba, that does make him that bit more of a more valuable asset. But I think Personally, the form that Saka is in at the moment, the attacking threat that Neto poses, I would go for the right hand side just because Rice's attacking threat isn't as high as Neto's when I'd say Salah and Saka are
0: fairly on par when they're both fit. Yeah, I know. So, well, Liverpool have played tonight, so we'll get more information on, on Salah after tonight. Yeah, I know, you, you have to take them as face value. Because you can't be looking at injuries all the time. Saka and Neto, they're two very good players for the rest of the season. Wolves have some fantastic fixtures. Rice on set pieces, how productive is he going to be? I don't know. I just personally, again, I'm drawn to the kind of both players that are fit and that are in good form. Is it because
1: Arsenal are banging in goals and Rice is picking up a couple of returns that... People are thinking, oh, this
0: is this is going to be rice for the rest of the season. Yeah, I also think that in two weeks' time, if Salah's come back and bangs two goals in one game, we're like, how do we not go with them? But I just I just like personally spreading my bets. That you're kind of relying on Salah to return every day, to, to, to this trade to, trade to come good. And, you know, more often than not, Saka or Neto will return. Mm-hmm. More, If you took 10 games, you're probably going to get up around 10 returns for those players. Now Salah wouldn't be far off on his own, but I just think spreading your bets to two very good players is kind of, um, as I said, being safer than putting all your eggs in a really, really expensive player's basket. You can't be a farm as well. well yeah, can't be a farm. <laughs> <laughs> so Saka and
1: Neto get uh, get the nod uh, for that trade dilemma. Last question, uh, forward
0: question: Mooney's or Awuni? So Mooney's of Fulham. Yeah. Uh, well, Forest played tonight. Awoni got whipped at 45 minutes. Now, I tried to look for an update on Awoni's injury. Couldn't find any concrete evidence. Three players also came off at halftime. So, that might be good for a warning. You never know. I didn't see anything like he went down with an ice pack or on a crutch or anything like that. Uh, we know that he's come back from an injury. So, you never know. Could be just precautionary. Could be precautionary. They were down um, at the time. So, I think... Depending on fitness, I think I have to go with Awone. Muniz doesn't have a bad set of fixtures. We'll talk about some of the Fulham players in the waivers. But I just, my oh my gut and my heart always says Awone. What a finisher. Again, he has a chance of being on penalties if he's on the pitch. It's between him and, and Gibbs White. So yeah, I think fit a Awone. If not, Muniz, still a great option. Yeah,
1: two fantastic assets yeah two
0: big two big strong strikers yeah, I have both of those in, nice. in, in my team yeah in, in the c
1: 12 so yeah there are questions hope we answer them all uh,
0: coherently and hopefully they all, uh, they all pay off boom on to our waiver section of the podcast and as always we're going to break it down into goalkeepers defenders and midfielders and strikers <laughs> <laughs> short term and long term so, first up is our keepers. And we do have a keeper this week. Kelleher, because of Alisson's injury, is a good option. They play Forest, Man City and blank. A likely blank. Unless they are bet by Southampton. Who are a decent side. They're coming third, I uh, believe. I think they're up there. I think they're second or third in second the championship. Because yeah, yeah. it's Leicester lead, Southampton are the top three anyway. Yeah, and So, there's a chance Alisson gets back for game week 30, as far as I'm aware. Now, that's just predictions so you might get 31 out of them hopefully if you picked them up you do get the Sheffield game which is 31 if not at least you have them for Forest this week maybe it's a short-term punt you have City and a blank so probably Bench I would be nearly you know relying on your other keeper I would be making sure that you're not giving away your first choice keeper because first of all they blank in 29 and second of all, Allison could be back within the next four or five weeks. But short term, Keller, good option. As we mentioned last week, Ramsdale will play 28. Not next week, the week after against Brentford as he's on loan or, I keep saying it wrong, Ray is on loan. on loan. Um, on loan. Arsenal of the best defence in the league. I know Brentford do have some attack and threat but yeah, if you have a non-playing keeper, worth the one-week punt and then possibly look to the waiver for another keeper. If your second keeper or any of your keepers are playing, I would not be giving away a playing keeper just for a one-week punt. Just not worth it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, only if you have a non-playing, long-playing keeper, and then hope to pick up another one later on. The likes of a Turner or something like that that
1: you kind of picked up at the start of the season. Yeah, and uh, out of the squad now. Mm-hmm, definitely. Or who started
0: for Brighton the last day? Or is it still a toss-up? I don't know, actually. That's one thing I can't remember. <laughs> Steeler for Bruggan. She might as well flip a coin and see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> um, On to our defender section. So as always we are going to break it down into short term and long term. I think we have more long term this week because again 29 I am considering long term and preparing. Short term is Bradley versus Forrest. So we know that Liverpool have a serious amount of injuries and two two big players. So don't expect um, a clean sheet here. Don't guarantee a clean sheet against Forrest. Bradley, I'd be looking for attacking returns nearly, because have the likes of Sabaj like Graven Birch is now injured, Salah, Nunez, now a lot of these could be back based on tonight's fixtures, but Bradley versus Forrest, possibly on the waiver and very, very attacking. Side note on Bradley, when I was getting a coffee
1: yesterday morning, the barista was wearing a Liverpool jersey, and I was like, oh, you're celebrating after the weekend and
0: he was like yeah Conor Bradley what a player didn't speak about anybody else just mentioned yes. Conor Bradley that's an omen man <laughs> Conor Bradley assist Choke it down <laughs> um, I suppose short term but they're kind of long term as well I have down here last chance we talked about them last week if you don't get the Palace boys this week they will be gone they do play Spurs and that might put you off but they play Luton next week so what I mean by if you don't get them now well someone's going to see that Luton fixture and pick them up next week then they have a blank and you know That person might keep them. They play Forest, Bournemouth, then they play City. But after that, from now to the end of the season, they have like six or seven, two on the FDR. So then that Mitchell, uh, Munoz, both of those clean sheets this week, Munoz with a bonus point, got very, very high up the pitch. For that Franca penalty, Mitchell was way up the pitch on the counter-attack and actually gave it to him. So one extra player to that is Richards. Very easy to say because he got the goal, but um, Palace, as I said, have some fantastic fixtures. New manager might be given the chance consistently. So, although if Pitt Mitchell and them boys, you know, the likes of Anderson and, and Munoz were picked up, well, Richards might be one of those Palace boys that are still available after last week. And uh, before before the podcast, we were discussing
1: who might be leaky from the back or who will have a, a bullet header or some something of along those lines. And then I thought of Spurs have been quite susceptible to scope, to concede from set pieces. So... Seen yeah. a lot
0: of Everton, that Everton game. A lot of games they've conceded from either corners or free kicks whipped in on top of the likes of a carry And And there's a couple of Spurs injuries. Yeah. So Doji and Porro, even though they wouldn't be fantastic in the air, we kind of picked Richards out as... Still, because if they have
1: Emerson Royale and mm, Ben Davies there, it's a depleted Spurs defence. So there is... um there is definitely the the, op- the opportunity for Palace to, to attack that this
0: weekend so if uh, the reason we say Richards is because well I would probably pick Anderson but he's probably picked up so just by default we are saying Bradley assist Richards bullet header for the second week in a row <laughs> and our longer term defenders we have our West Ham boys so I think if you want to pick up West Ham boys for 29 you'll probably have to pick them up this week mainly because the likes of Emerson and Souffal returned this week with a goal and an assist each. People will be drawn to them. So they play Everton this week who only had six shots against Brighton. They play Burnley next week. And then they play Villa in the 29. So although, yeah, I'm not saying start to make, uh, this week against Everton. Next week they're a possible start against Burnley. And then you can play them in 29 for Villa. So again, any of the Souffal up top probably for me um Emerson and Zuma. there will be three good defensive options for West Ham mainly stocking for 29 Other defenders are Menji or Osho both of them hopefully will be starting for Luton. They play Villa this weekend But again You're gonna have to stock them for 28 and then possibly they play Forest 29 depending on who wins that game between Forest and United So if you do stock them you can get uh, Two fixtures, Palace and Bournemouth in 28, and then a third one, Forest in 29, and uh, they're going to be very, very valuable. Obviously, the likes of Dowhey, you know, already gone, going to be top of the list. Uh, Mary Bell has a hospital injury, so Minji and Osho are probably the two most solid for now. And then, like uh, a broken, what's that, a broken clock? Broken record. A broken record, that's the one. Senesi and Zabari, Zabarni, um, again. Burnley this week, can even play them, Luton and Sheffield, both of those games are at home as far as I'm aware, and then Wolves possible game in 29 depending on that Wolves-Brighton outcome. So yeah, they're probably taken up in a lot of leagues in preparation, but if not, be wary, Zanesi has eight yellow cards, so if he gets two more, he will get a two-game ban. Now, it's unlikely that he'll get two more before, you know, the, the 29, but, Yeah, If he gets one in Burnley The worst possible thing that could happen Is one against Luton and Miss Sheffield and Wolves So Zabarnie has to go ahead of Senesi Just for that reason And then a possible punt Probably taken But Sinchenko could be back this weekend I know Kivar did extremely well the last two days So it's not even guaranteed that Sinchenko will get a start But if you want to get uh, an Arsenal defender in your Arsenal for the rest of the season, Boom Zinchenko could be a pickup if he was dropped off on the waivers, if you have space. And on to our midfielders. We have, when you look at these on paper, it looks like a ridiculous midfield, right? But when you look at them statistically, not bad. <laughs> Top for list, first and foremost, I think Paqueta is going to be a great pickup. We mentioned him last week, got a two pointer, unfortunately. But I think, again, when I'm looking at a lot of these players, i'm seeing short term i know i'm seeing in this category long term the ones i'm looking at uh, on my page but they're long term for let's say the doubles and the 29s i think Piquetta is the most likely out of all this list that i would keep possibly to the end of the season you know possibly trade him for someone else whereas other ones on the list could be possible waivers
1: i think looking short term is a good tactic to go for as well because we've seen with the amount of injuries that have happened, that's where these a lot of these waiver options have come from. Yeah, 100%. Injuries popping up here and there. See, we don't know what could happen. Like takes the likes of Spurs, Brendan Johnson, he's not on our list at the moment. But let's say Spurs get another injury, all of a sudden Johnson becomes a great option. Yeah. So, yeah, looking short term, you can really hone in on
0: good fixtures and uh, some recent form. Elliot is one of those players that you can look at good fixtures towards. Graven Burch injured, injured, Salah, Nunez, Jota... So, Elliot is likely to get the start against Forrest unless some of those injuries return by then. And yeah, he always seems to return as well. He's actually been fairly productive for the minutes he's got for Liverpool. Nice little pick up for a short term one. I personally would prefer Jacob Ramsey, who got an assist last week 0.59 XGI, assist, three key passes, and plays Luton. He also plays Spurs then in 28 and has a guaranteed fixture in 29 against West Ham, as we've just said. So, Ramsey playing relatively advanced, 290 minutes under his belt, probably a better option um, in the short term than Elliott. But if we are looking long term, again, the same teams. Luton, we said their fixtures, Villa, Palace and Bournemouth, and then possibly Forest. Barkley, definitely top of the list. Two assists in the FA Cup, although they got knocked out. But he's having the season of his life, Mm. like revitalised for Luton. Um, he'll probably be If Luton do end up going down Which i would be devastated about Yeah I think he's gone regardless Yeah You're going to say he was going to go to someone he'll else He'll be picked up by uh, But then Decent I checked to. He, Back he, to Everton He is 30 Yeah back to Everton Boom there you go You've heard it here first <laughs> Chong and Clark Clark got the two goals Played alongside Barclay in centre if, mid Just before we move on yeah. If Everton don't get really good Doesn't it Oh yeah that's true They got, they got the six points back I don't think so yeah um, So Clark played alongside Barclay in midfield and he got the two goals. Luton have a lot of injuries. And that's why Clark and Chong, both of them in midfield, are good options. Sambi Lakanga, Marvellous, Nakamba, all injured. As well as Brown, up top injured. Adebayo still carrying an injury. And a couple more. So, Chong got two assists in his last two games in the Premier League. Two starts. Now, I know he didn't make it to 60 in one of them. Um, Clark, also with two starts, as far as I'm aware both of them are options I suppose monitor that Villa game come 28 it might be a bit far away but if they're playing well enough I think they're going to be good options for that double and then hopefully that single Christy of Bournemouth and this question was asked I think best Bournemouth assets Christy is the most nailed midfielder um, even better than Tavernier in terms of minutes I think he's only racked up like two or three assists this season so he's not the most productive But if you are playing the fixtures, Burnley, Sheffield and Luton, three fixtures in the next two weeks, I think Christie is kind of a a bit of a no-brainer just to pick it up as guaranteed nearly 90 minutes. Nearly plays 90 minutes every day of the season in that number 10 role, slightly deeper over the last couple of weeks. But again, if you want some Bournemouth midfielder that you can be kind of sure of in terms of minutes, Christie is your man. Suchek. Since Calvin Phillips' red card and also the fact that they won, I think he's going to get considerable game time over the next couple of games. Everton next week, Burnley, and then our guaranteed Villa fixture. So, Sucek, although if you look at his heat map of his touches, the areas he picked up, a lot of the time he was in the box waiting for a cross. We know his aerial ability, but in general, he plays 29, kind of a low ceiling, you know, in terms he's of. He was very unlucky not to score. I didn't see that. Why well, did you miss a big chance?
1: Yeah, I watched the the nine minute highlight. Missed a big chance. He kicked the kicked the post in after in frustration.
0: Right. Didn't miss. I didn't see that. Yeah. Um, so there you go. Suchek actually getting in good positions. Um, so yeah, Sucec, Everton, Burnley, Villa, and then I know he broke United fans' hearts. Awobi put up some very good stats. 90 minutes played, 0.64 XGI, 4 key passes, and a goal. 10 pointer. And over the next 5 fixtures, he actually plays some decent fixtures. Brighton next week, so they have a lot of injuries. Wolves, you know, okay at the back, but you know, not impenetrable. Spurs in 29, and that's the most important part. Yes, it's the hardest fixture possibly, but it's a fixture. And then Sheffield and Forest, so. Although Owobi might be hot on a lot of people's list and you might want to avoid him because you think, oh, he's just scored. Well, if you look at over the next five weeks, he plays in 29, so you probably want to pick him up early. And then after 29, you can probably play him against Sheffield and Forest. And uh, yeah, he's been balling out since he came back from the AFCON. I think someone sent in a question a couple of weeks ago, like three weeks ago, is it too early to pick up Owobi? And I said, yeah, it's probably too early. Definitely, not too early now. <laughs> it's too late, mate. <laughs> um, and then we have picked out our punt of the week for the second time this year, Connor Gallagher. When we picked him out the last time, I think he banged two, did he? Against Palace? Or just two a one? Two, Two, it was. It was two goals. He banged two against Palace. And uh, Brentford are without Pinnock and me. And... Uh, Yeah, hopefully just because he's done it before, he can do it again. And if you watched him in the cup final, he got into some fantastic positions. I think he should have scored at least one goal in the cup final against Liverpool. So hopefully he can kind of, I was going to say take that form, but take those positions that he's picking up, nail down for, for Chelsea, and hopefully he can take that into the Brentford game and repay us once more. Boom. Next up is our forwards. And... I think we have to give two mentions to the players that we mentioned last week. Gakpo, again, because they had a blank last week, so just in case people kind of forgot about him. Gakpo, because of the Nunez, the Jota, the Salah possible injuries. Now, we said last week that if they're back, he's not as hot, and it looks like they could be back in the next couple of weeks, so I wouldn't be going getting rid of a consistent starting striker that you you can start most days um, for Gakpo. If it's a certain striker it's for a poor team that, you know, you're happy to bench sometimes, okay. But if it's a starting striker that you often play on your team, I wouldn't go giving him away. If you've got a Carlton Morris or something like that. I'd be keeping oh, Carlton Morris because the double. Double and, and, and a bio's injuries and stuff like that. So even a Morris might look like, oh Jesus, Gakpo's playing for Liverpool. I'd be keeping the likes of Morris because more than likely you're going to get some good fixtures out of Morris. Um, Wissa, give a mention to him last week Got to give a mention to him again this week Because he plays in 29 And look sharp Great goal, great goal he scored um, Maupay did start But I think Wissa gets back in there this week And three of these players Again depend on injuries So we'll start with I'd say the least likely to get game time Is Origi Origi plays Liverpool, Brighton and Luton If Awone is injured I think if Awone is fit Origi never starts So yeah It totally depends on Awone's fitness If you want to pick up Origi He plays Liverpool You never know The the kind of return curse Um, But yeah What a setup! What an assist For Morgan Gibbs-White The last day Awone played with Liverpool As well actually Well didn't get any minutes for Well that's true actually Yeah There you go Fact of the day Awone played for Liverpool Played for Liverpool And then was loaned out Seven times (laughs) Seven times but they're regretting it now, yeah. <laughs> um, but, anyways, yeah, uh, uh, a possible non striker pickup if a is injured, if not, kind of moving up the list from worst to middle. Woodrow, as I said, Adebayo is injured, Woodrow has got the last two starts for Luton, and they play Villa, Palace, Bournemouth in 28, and then possibly Forest in 29. Now, my prediction is by the time it comes round, Adebayo will be back, unless it's more significant than we think and Woodrow mightn't be an option. So again, I would be kind of hesitant giving away any playing striker just because, just because it might be a bit early and Adebayo's injury might affect that. So maybe one more week, if you wanna take a chance and you have a non-playing striker and you you don't care, and you wanna get someone in that might play, yes, you could get Woodrow in. But I wouldn't be giving anyone that's playing away from just because come 28 or 29, he mightn't be starting. And then Semenyo because of Solanke's possible injury, well, injury, but we don't know how bad it is, and also Unal's injury. So when I saw Solanke's injury, I was like, lovely. Unal is now a perfect option. He played in the cup and came off, I think it was after 40 something minutes with a shoulder injury. So he had to go to hospital to get that sorted. Maybe that's a bit longer term as well. So Semenyo is now the obvious option. Um, I know he's played on the wing majority of the times, but I think Semenyo got 90 minutes the last day I think he's a bit of a no-brainer especially if both of those are injured even if they're not that 90 minutes makes me a bit more confident in his ability so yeah Unal depending on Solanke's injury could be an option as well but I think we have to just assume Solanke will be relatively okay come 28 and Unal probably won't get in there Semenyo still a good option could be a fantastic option if them injuries persist And boom, we have our forward list for this week. Thankfully, we had a very successful week last week. Hopefully, we can do the same this week. FPL Draft Duo, out. Boom! Yurti Ahern. Yurtman.